Hey, this is Adam Green, creator of the Hatchet franchise and the TV show Holliston, and you are listening to Nightmare Junkhead. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that still thinks dumb waiters are classy as fuck my name is greg d <laughs> i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're going down a familiar path and asking that age-old question is dead better as we tackle the 2019 pet cemetery remake but before we get in that let me remind you we're part of the boom howdy podcast network boom howdy you can find our past episodes at boomhowdy.com or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for nightmare junket in your itunes or soundcloud app hit subscribe and when we drop our latest episode it'll download directly to your listening device of choice all up in your sour ground hole and if you are on social media you know you can follow us out there we are on twitter at nightmare junk and on facebook at nightmare junkhead mm-hmm. and this month actually is very interesting because i realized throughout february into march we didn't really get to talk about new horror yeah and all of a sudden here in april we opened up last week with us which wonderful go yeah. see it out see it absolutely, in the theater absolutely see it multiple times and then we got another horror movie so like springtime is-, is a banner year for horror so april showers bring blood flowers yes they do and, yeah. and from the ground blooms this new horror we have even though the ground is sour the ground stony and sour uh, we've already uh, not a minute in <laughs> we already got judd going and on he's old not judd. even old, old judd. judd yes exactly. old judd, not new judd <laughs> well before we get into new <laughs> judd i think we should talk a little because here recently within the past like three months we've talked a lot about yeah. the 1989 classic pet cemetery mm-hmm. we yeah, which we'll talk about later, but like I was saying off mic, it was both a blessing and a curse for this one. But yeah. It's not bad because we had a chance to talk uh, with Heather Wixon mm-hmm. back in February. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it was featured in uh, our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, which sadly didn't make it past the first round. That's one of the ones, like, not not buyer's remorse, but the one at the same time, it was like, depending, again, depending on the day, depending on the mood. That's, why, it's, that's why it drives us mad. Uh-huh. But ultimately, we are fans of the 1989 original. Yep. We both have read the book. Even though it's been a long, a long time long since time. I, I mean, I still, the only thing I really remember from the book is giggling about the HJ scene in the bathtub. Like, that's how <laughs> immature I was. And still to this day, I'm right. immature, you know. But ultimately, <laughs> again, we hold the original near and dear to our hearts. So ultimately, when we heard it was being remade, because let's face it, right now with it doing so well. I was down. I mean, normally I would be like, rah, 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 remake, eh, you know, but I've been proven wrong. And and also, like, again, with It, like, Stephen King, I think we're a new generation of people who, like, really fucking dug it. Not like, not like you know, like, Carpenter didn't dig it. Not like Mr. Hooper didn't dig it, you know. But, I mean, like, it's been ingrained in our DNA since day one. And we have a lot of these young filmmakers now that were raised on Stephen mm-hmm. King that, you know, read his books like Bibles that are now having this chance to recreate a lot of them. Because let's face it, in the 80s, when he was getting all of his properties put into ad- adaptations, not all of them were all that great. Yeah, yeah, not all, not all of them are gold. But there's some wonderful ones in there. Don't I mean, because we've got, you know, Cronenberg, Tackle uh-huh. of the Dead Zone, uh-huh. Carpenter, 
with Christine. He did it himself, right? Oh so. yeah. Well, oh, we'll we need to devote an entire episode to Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna scare the, the hell, hell out, out of you, you. <laughs> professional bumpkin Stephen King. <laughs> well, and that's like I said, he is. If, when you think modern horror, literary, even on the celluloid, you think Stephen, Stephen King. Stephen King, right? And so he, it's proven now in this day and age that he still will be drawing people to the box office, as we saw with it. Now we have Pet Cemetery, And again, this is another film that I think watching it again recently, uh-huh. I'm kind of curious because I know a lot of people don't really like the one from 1989. Why? I, I okay, mean, okay, like, now, okay I, again, this is what I've read, but ultimately a lot of people say it's oddly paced. Cheap set design and the and bad acting. Okay, so some of that might be true. I mean, but that could be said with a lot of movies. But at the same time, it's still a great fucking movie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. And we'll get into we'll get into like how's like you know two out of three ain't bad. You know. But let but, me ask you this: Is it a necessary remake? See, I was gonna ask you the exact same question because you're always like you know, no remakes unless you know. I seriously, when it first announced that Stephen King was being made, uh, Pet Cemetery was being remade, I was like, ah, ah, you know, because like this one's where you don't want it to get burnt. But then as you hear once again who's attached to it, indeed, and how it did, and like how they're going to go, like, we're going to do something really different. And okay, like, okay. I'm intrigued now. So let's see what you got. You know, I'm not going to dismiss any horror movie, what, no matter what it is. And of I'm course, gonna... we're going to see it regardless. Right. It's fucking the Pet Cemetery remake. We're going to fucking see it. So, yeah. And I'm also in agreement. I'm always of the opinion that it, regardless of what gets remade, the original still exists. Mm-hmm. No matter how bad yeah. a remake may be, no matter how transcendent a remake can be. The original still exists, regardless. Right. So that never, to me doesn't taint the idea of the original. But for me, I do think Pet Cemetery was one that could be remade because mm-hmm. I am of the opinion it could be a little bit tighter. And I'll say this: normally we'll do kind of a non-spoiler review, but because this has been out for our week already, from here on out we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Yeah. Okay. Let's spoil the because shit out of there's it. a couple things I want to talk about in terms of what they did from the '89 version yeah. to this version. Yeah. And I think we we couldn't go in because it's such a major difference and i'm gonna let's address this now i'm one of my favorite experiences from last year was going into the movie mandy not having seen a trailer beforehand and not having anything spoiled right the second trailer of pet cemetery Mm -hmm. gives away said twist a big twist a huge twist the fact that it's not gage that gets hit by the car but it's ellie the sister who in the original movie has the shine so like yeah, it's like I, when I first saw that, I was like, ah, but now ultimately having seen it, I I love that they've done this and we'll talk about that. But I'm really upset by that. Yeah. And I mentioned off mic, but the um, um, Kevin Kalsh and Dennis Widmeyer, they've been doing the podcast rounds. Mm-hmm. So I heard him on Shockwaves, heard him on the movie Crypt, and they had they brought this up because they knew the horror community was a little upset ultimately because it's such a big spoiler. Right. Like, I would have really liked to have gone in and not have an... Because they give you a sleight of hand. Yeah. Because they ultimately show, like, it is Gage that's going to get it again. Mm-hmm. But no, it's... So, I'm upset because that's a spoiler in the trailer. I would have liked to have experienced that non-spoiler. Right. Exactly. Because here's the thing. Everything... My whole entire thoughts about this movie is engaged on... Engaged. <laughs> on that 
scene in particular. That scene in the original had such a visceral visceral reaction to me. Because let's go back. This might be someone's first podcast. You saw this original in the theater. I saw this in the theater. And at the time I saw it, I had a little brother about Gage's age. And we lived on a busy street. I mean, a busy street. So, And he was little, so he's running around because that's what fucking kids do. So, like... That was a legitimate fear that could happen. And when that scene happened, I saw it. It fucking broke me. I bawled. Just tears came out of my eyes and I couldn't stop crying uncontrollably where I had to go out and like sit down, compose myself, play around at Donkey Kong, (laughs) you know, just something to get my mind off that and then go back and finish the movie. And it took me a few years to finally actually like go back and see it its entirety so like my basis on that movie and this movie i mean both of them were on that main scene going back to the spoilers in it um i would have loved to have gone in fooled yeah you know what i'm saying that would have just drew the hat on me but at the same time going into it after everything said and done i didn't mind Oh, it was because it stood. And again, once that twist happened, because my my initial reaction going, I mean, I can even go spoiler free on this one. My initial reaction was when um, Gage was about to get hit and I knew it. I didn't like that scene as much as I liked the scene in the original. There was something that just was missing. And I think it was that twist and that powerful. No. Oh, it's, it's the shot of the little red shoe. Yeah. And then and we and then, it's a good no. Yeah. It's a good it's no. A, it's a great warranted no. And it's the little red shoe. And it was all that. And then if I would have saw that with the girl <clears throat> and then all the other brand new shit, because at the at right before that scene, I was even thinking to myself, nothing new. Come on, movie. Mm-hmm. Impress me. You got some creepy things at the beginning, but you're losing me. So let's let's see what, what let's see what you got. Hit me. So that scene came up, and I was like, okay, uh, right? It was all right. I liked the original better, and I would have loved to have seen the twist um, unspoiled. Well, and I'll say this. Someone in our theater, they were you did you hear them? They were crying yeah. during that scene, so it's still effective. Yeah. And that's the other thing to think about. This yeah. is going to be someone's first yeah. time seeing this film, so they don't know that Gage was the one who originally died, and that's what they ultimately said. It was a marketing thing that, listen, if we go ahead and introduce that twist now... You're ready for it, and you can go ahead and process things more clearly from here on out. You know what? That makes sense, okay? Because, like, okay, so I saw, uh, I know people who are like, even when movies we show at Horror Nights, they're like, hey, you have to let me know if an animal gets it or if a kid gets yep. it, because if they do, I'm not coming. So, th- looking back on that, that's kind of a really good marketing ploy to, like, look, this is what this it's- movie's about. You know, some a kid's going to get hit by a truck. So <laughs> don't forget it's Stephen King. Right? King will kill kids. Right. And so yeah, no that's that's smart. It's sad it, but smart, you know? Like I said, I would have really rather gone in a little bit non-spoilerly, but that's okay. That's okay because ultimately with this twist and Ellie, oh my god. It's mm. um she's terrifying. I'm going to probably butcher the pronunciation Jete Lawrence. She is terrifying in this movie. Yeah. There are some literal non-speaking scenes where her appearance gave me shivers. It like made me physically go, go yeah. I the the when she's in the bathtub, oh, that gave me such like oh 
God. I mean, she like looked into my soul. I mean, she just and and what got me was her eyes. That was the it, right the one. Eye, yeah. And like and in the bathtub when he's like combing her combing hair it. and even that was in the trailer. And but like but I didn't know. You, but then the reveal. Woo, yeah. It was pure body horror straight from Starry Eyes. So that was the guys from Starry Eyes going, hey, guys, remember, we're, we love body horror. Yeah. The reveal of the staples, her kind of existential dread yeah. coming back that, where am I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was haunting. Am I dead? I am, ain't I? Oh. Yeah. She goes, I am, aren't I? And this is where I think the fact that they chose a an, an older child actor to do this versus makes more sense because in the book gauge gauge yeah. is the one who like he gets up and then he has like full-on conversations and he's still like fucking five so this makes more sense yeah you don't have to do adr or anything like that because it's effective yeah and it genuinely creeped me out she is scary she is terrifying and her voice when she comes back oh it's frightful. And you and you know what? It was funny because like it almost like it was Chekhov's body horror. Because remember when she's playing with the cat and she goes, what's tangled in your That's true. fur? That's true. And she's like, ah, and it never shows anything. I'm waiting for like a piece of cat to fall off or something. Never shows it. But I like that it didn't. And then like it goes off and then later on, you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I whoo, I was like, whoa. Oh, it made people wince. It's- oh, I went. I, I went. So I was like, oh. Anytime you can, you know, peripheral viewing here, genius stroking the beard, you know he's engaged a little, <laughs> whether it is, again, uh, gauge and what have you. Um, but then there's kind of just that heartbreaking scene, though, when she's laying down and he's tucking her in. She's like, will you lay with me? And it's just that awkward. It, it almost elicited a chuckle from me because of how awkward it looked when he was just laying there. And then she keeps pressing him and he's just like, no, please, Ellie, go to sleep. And then the ne- next morning... She's just dancing about in her ballerina. And there's like for a second you think maybe. Maybe there's hope, you know, because you, and you th- can see it in his eyes, too. Right. Because because she's having these full on conversations, like existential conversations. Whoa. So she knows she has her uh, faculties. Yeah. And so like she's like, come on, just like, you know, and he, I would be terrified, too. I don't know how I would like. OK, Jake, I mean, he had that, that was kind of the proper response. Just sit there and lay there, you know, like, oh, and I didn't want to be that jerk. That's laughing at something in the horror movie. But I, that, I think it was just, again, that cathartic response going, OK, purge, buddy, purge, because right. everything had built up to that point. Oh, and then she's dancing. So this is two movies we've seen in horror recently that had ballerina scenes. Huh? So like and actually converted uh, twisted. Right. See, I don't know if a. Uh, Oh, oh, oh! Well, I gotta go back. Um, something that got me. We're we're talking about the girl, but the cat was scary too. The cat was wonderful. The cat was great. The cat came back <laughs> the very next day. <laughs> There's that. So the actually, I really dug his return in this one more mm-hmm. so than the original, where he's originally seen by uh, Creed and he's like, "Hey, church," and he just uh, here you get a build up. There, there's that whole thing. And again, what I love about this film, what I love, the underlying principle is dealing with death. Yeah. Dealing with trauma and yeah. grief. The fact that it's inevitable. It's a, nat- a natural part of life. And when we mess with that, mm-hmm. ill shit happens. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you got that great conflict where with Rachel and her, um, you know, history with Zelda is still all about denial. Yeah. You do not want to deal with death. Mm-mm. It's too traumatic. 
No. And he, oh, go on. Did you actually? I, you know, uh, people are all recreating all these like uh, paintings from pop culture. If we can't get a Rachel and Zelda, did you see that picture? That was a creepy little, picture. Little that was like them in there. Not quite precious momentsy, but like almost. You know, <laughs> oh. it was and like. Even even the whole drawing, everything was like askew. It's good. It was just like ah. I mean, it it wasn't as cute as a kid in a top hat, but it was, it was just as creepy. <laughs> we are missing that one right? a little bit. But okay, so let me tell you, there, there, there's one of my favorite favorite and least favorite scenes about the original Pet Cemetery was the cat tub. Uh, oh, the cat tub. The, the, the bathtub the, cat. That was a good jump scare, right? The little rat. Where he throws like, wah! That always got me, right? But this one didn't get me until the second part. It was a one-two punch. Because, like, the cat comes up and brings this bird, right? And you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't that scary, but okay. And then they go to pick up the bird, and the bird's like, ah! And the bird's, like, making these terrible noises. I mean, terrible noises. And, like, it's gross. It's, it's gross. It's just like, right? And so you're like, oh, gross. And that was a good scare, too. They apparently used five different churches for the shoot. And there's a scene and a shot. And I, I was, we were talking about this one off mic. But when he leaves him and it deserts him, and there's that just great fadeaway shot. And that cat is just staring there, sitting there, staring dead eye. Mm-hmm. It's just chilling. Yeah. Like, so that's great cat acting. <laughs> cat was like, I'll get you. I'll get, I'll get you. Yeah, this ain't this ain't over. <laughs> I, I have multiple lives, buddy. Right. Um, the the Judd in the room, we again, about the first minute in, we did our first little bad uh, Fred Gwynn. Mm-hmm. But here, in lieu of uh, Fred Gwynn, we got another fantastic actor, mm-hmm. one who is not very shy about going, you know, into good genre films, John Lithgow. Yeah. Who, from Dr. Lazario to when Raising Cane. The, when they were showing the pictures, I was expecting, like, you know, like... Something Dr. from his Lazario university days. And like, or something like that. <laughs> we could have been oh so lucky there. Right. But ultimately, what I really like is the fact that he didn't do the main accent. Right. I he, think... He, he Yeah, no, no, I think that was a wise choice. I think it would have just drawn too many comparisons. Because let's face it, when we found out... He was going to be Jed. We all were like, oh, what's his accent going to be like, right? <laughs> Dead is better. You know, or something. Dead cra- is better. <laughs> right? Something crazy. <laughs> Go on, Harry. Dead is better. See, that's what I, I want the Harry and the Hendersons when they have to put Harry in the pet cemetery. <laughs> oh, oh, no. That's when we got like angry Sasquatch. That's like Bigfoot horror. That's <laughs> uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. He could direct that one there. But no, ultimately, we don't get a main accent. It's it's just John Lithgow being John Lithgow, and mm-hmm. I thought he was great in the film. I thought he was, too. He was a complex character, just like the original Judd, because the original Judd, I felt more sympathy for the original Judd, but at the same time, with this Judd, I didn't, I didn't feel as much sympathy until later. Because I felt like, you know, he was in on it the whole time, which he was. And he was. And I actually. But, no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, no. But go on. No, because like, I mean, I got had some questions. So maybe you what you might say clear. Well, no, my always the biggest beef I always had with the film initially was the fact um, the motivation behind introducing church to the pet cemetery. Again, knowing what's going to happen in this one, you get a little bit better of an explanation, of course. And we'll talk about the Wendigo because it's all over the film in this one. But ultimately, he mentions that, listen, you know. I really dig Ellie. You know, she really touched me yeah. in a way that I haven't, I felt humanity again and I didn't want to see her hurting, but it was the Wendigo's influence there. Yeah. Cause he says later, he goes, I, you would do anything to go back there and see them. And you know, he, when they were going first at the original pet cemetery here, bring them this way. 
And he goes, okay, cool. And so, like, I mean, he didn't hesitate. He goes, no. I got a better idea. So it was like, the Wendigo, it like preys on good intentions for yeah. the most part and then just twist them ultimately. Yeah. Well, they said he fe- it feeds on um, grief. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, and again, and I'm going to get real here. Uh, you know, recently I lost my granny and this was, she was my second mom, you know, very close with her. And, you know, Lola is 12 years old. That's old for Lab Chow. Yeah. So, you know, oh, it's these kind of movies remind you ultimately again to appreciate what you have when you have it. Mm-hmm. But also, it's just natural. It's the way the world works. Yeah. And it's again, if so, when I when I pass, don't bury me in the pet cemetery, no. man. You don't want, we do not want to be come back potting from the grave. Okay, it's bad <laughs> enough now. You know, I don't think we're going to get anything good out of that. Uh, but ultimately, he says, you know, and ultimately, when he said talks about his dog, when he came back bad, he mentioned he was always had a mean streak in him originally. Mm-hmm. I thought Church was such a good cat, and they had that little bonding moment at the dinner table. Yeah, it's were, nice. Playing. Like I said. Judd had really good intentions, and you felt bad for every. You felt bad for everybody involved. I mean, after everything is said and done, you're just like, man. Even like Pascal. Ooh, wow, yeah. That's that that scene where you just like, it's just brain coming out, and even the nurse is like, oh my god, you can see this brain, and then we're like, and then and then we're all looking for it now because she said it, and so we're like, holy shit, she's right, that's gnarly as hell, and so and it's gross because it's 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 gnarly looking. It's good. It's practical. Mm-hmm. He wasn't used as much as the uh, Pascal in the other. No, he wasn't. Um, but I think it was just enough. Yeah, because because you he saw it through the little boy. You saw him through the gauge. And I'll tell you what, speaking of like good cat actors and good like kid actors, because I want to talk more about Ellie, but the little kid who played Gage while he wasn't like adorable little Moppet thing. And not he, fair, you know. No, but he one wasn't can the villain. Miko Hughes right, in right, that department. Right. But he was adorable and he showed genuine fear yeah. when he was looking in the rearview mirror. Look, because he, he could see Pascal. So I don't know if like Pascal's trying to like, I mean, we know he's trying to save it, but maybe he has the shine. He does right? have the shine. Absolutely. So he's like, Pascal, Pascal, Pascal. When they look back in the rearview mirror, holy shit, that look of fear. That was, I was like, me too, kid. Me too. And so, <laughs> well, he's, I mean, the way they have him set up this time, and I, I think the original, he was more. More comedic mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. This one's very, very much not. And this nope. is not a feel good film. No. You know, the original isn't either. There's a little bit of levity here and there, but this is a dour, mean movie. Yes, it is. And I mean, let's face it, this is probably Stephen King's darkest book. It's the one he says that he regrets publishing just because it is so dark and just this, just hopeless at, at <laughs> you know, many points. Yeah. Um, uh, scares. Mm hmm. Zelda. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about it. Zelda. Let's talk about Zelda. Let's talk about Zelda. Zelda is something that has traumatized so many of us. The never, never, uh, never walk again. Mm-hmm. Twisted like me. Here, and this is old. And this is again the whole thing about the Wendigo and what it brings out is Rachel mentions she hasn't thought about Zelda at all until, until now. Yeah, and there's that little bit where like the picture falls out, and I think ultimately it's kind of one of those things that watching it the second time. She probably put that just all behind her. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the Wendigo just invites it in. Yep. <laughs> just come on in. And and she was scary, too. But she was a different kind of scary, you know? 
I wasn't scared. Her back, her back and her feet. They were more pronounced that way. Yeah, I think in the other one, because she didn't like in the original, you'll be twisted. I mean, in the original movie, yeah, but she didn't do that. But she had a good scare on me on that one. There was this jump scare. Two jump scares got me really good on this one. One involves Zelda. Um, and we're talking about, she's like, oh, it was the dumbwaiter. When she looks up in the dumbwaiter and Zelda's just like, Bleh! just comes right down. I'm like, holy shit, that's scary, right? Well, the dumbwaiter that was originally just the bathroom mirror, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very Stephen King-esque bathroom scene. Yes, it is. <laughs> Nothing good comes from those. Mm-mm. So I was more feeling of dread for original Zelda, but I got a good scare out of it. I think new original Zelda. Zelda was almost campier yeah. than this one. Yeah, because it was all like in your face like a witch. And here it was a little bit not subtle per se, but mm-hmm. like you said, it was more focus on the grotesqueness of it. Yeah. And even like her her the like the side of the face as well. There's this interesting reveal yeah. that they had. But interestingly enough though, everything ends with like the the final nightmare with Rachel having the spinal meningitis mm. being the one twisted that was scary right that was, like her waking up and looking at her feet and her feet were all fucked up and crazy and shit and i was like oh that's terrifying because she could feel it and you could see her bones crack and you could feel her bones crack that like made me wince the whole entire scene i thought it was really effective extremely effective and then also the fact that there's the there's almost like a call of the zelda where you hear this it's, she's doing the pinker, much like the Freddy. Yeah, you know, is. it's a step and a slide. <laughs> Do the Zelda. There you go. There you go. And the introduction this time of this of said dumbwaiter, which I always thought were the coolest things when I saw that and if someone actually had one, I was like, that's amazing. Right? What a, what a world you live in. Exactly. How fancy is shit? Even the ones that you have to do manually, that's still some impressive shit. I still want a dumbwaiter to do this fucking day. I don't know if I want one with Zelda attached. Well, but ultimately, like, if you're in a horror movie and there's a dumbwaiter, something Some bad. ill shit's gonna happen Especially to you. if you're in a Halloween film. Right? Exactly. No good no comes. from a dumbwaiter. You dumb for using the dumbwaiter. But <laughs> if we know anything, if you live your life, if I ever see you buy a house with a dumbwaiter i'm gonna question i'm gonna know that's not you right <laughs> it's my it's like, wait a minute have a drink of milk there genius well thanks <laughs> thanks wait a second <laughs> right hey can you go down in the sewer sure not yeah. a problem ah, just close the lid close the lid that's <laughs> <laughs> just on the litmus test there right no um yeah no her twisting was very very effective. it was it was effective it was effective like i said and so I don't think the Zelda purists are going to be disappointed by any means. It was a different kind of scare. It was a different kind of scare. Um, now, now before we get into Ellie, it kind of comes back into play. Um, the The funeral procession was scary. Even though you've seen it in the trailer, the further along it goes with the drumming and the mask, the masks were terrifying. I could see a slasher film with just those masks. You know what I'm saying? It, those were scary good looking masks. It's Stranger masks. Kids, potentially. Yeah. You know, something along the lines. I liked it. Like she said, uh, great when she's like, it's a procession. She's like, what's a procession? She's like, it's a parade, but not fun. Right. <laughs> and again, she's just trying this whole thing of, it just keeps, everything keeps introducing itself. It keeps inviting you to come back in. The the whole, the Wendigo, again, the thing that just entices people, it just seduces you. Yeah. You know, and... There's a great, there's a scene here that we'll talk about the ending eventually, but again, I've heard 
some people really enjoyed it. Some mm-hmm. people have hated it. And it's the nitpicky people that are coming out. But there's a scene ultimately where Ellie is dragging someone. And I thought about it. I was like, man, she's got to take it over the... That I whole... thought so, too. I thought so, too. I was like, how the fuck is she going to get that? Again, again, the pull of the Wendigo, maybe. Right. You know, it's maybe. pulling some strings, potentially. Maybe a path opens up or something. Maybe we don't know. But... <laughs> uh, Christopher Young composed the score christopher young uh, probably most well known for hellraiser mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, drag me to hell into the mouth of march madness again uh, i thought it was very effective uh felt a little bit of going back to their original film starry eyes uh jonathan snopes that did their score i believe no snipes i believe no snopes um which was very kind of electronic and synthy this had a little bit of that but then also had elements of piano orchestration it was pretty nuanced and mixed and i actually really dug it i dug it too i thought it was effective especially like especially during the it was the quiet scenes that needed to be quiet and then when the music came in and like just a feeling of dread. It was a really good score. I, I really enjoyed that one. Talk about the uh, Achilles tendon. Oh, of course. Of Let's course talk about they- that. Let's talk about Ellie. Because, like, she, again, she was scary and terrifying. And you knew ill shit was going to happen. But when they go up and she comes down and, and they're, like, looking for her. Well, but and- before, but boy, one more thing, the scary thing of spelling us at the sounds. Okay, so what really got me, there was a scene that, like, I was like, oh, that's creepy and cool. When she hears Zelda in the attic crawling above her, but she's clearly in the top floor and the very, very spire. So there's no other floor above her. And it doesn't sound like it's coming on the roof. It's not like fucking Santa Claus. Yeah, that's horrible. Right? That's horrible. It was, I was like, oh, that's scary. That's some haunted house shit right there. This is a good, effective movie. I I, re- I really enjoyed it. That was the thing. I enjoyed it the first time I, I watched it. The second time I was able to pick up on things because, again, the the introduction of the film actually gives this really great just panning shot over, uh you know, overview shot. Basically kind of tells you the ending ultimately. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you don't know that going in. Now, going in this time, actually, the ending of this film, I'll just say this. It ends with a Yeah. And that's a fairly haunting Especially yep. when you rewatch the film, you oh that opening shot, the door is open already. So you, oh and you, the, and oh man, did I'm gonna, let me ask you this? I know you just saw it, so you're still kind of you know ingesting it. Did they take Gage home, or did they take him to the cemetery? They took him to the cemetery. You think so? They took him to the cemetery. You think so? They took him to the cemetery. Okay. They offed him and took him to the cemetery. They probably took him to the cemetery. Offed him in the. I, I know this sounds horrible. I know we were going on a tangent, but that's what I'm thinking, you know, because that's their goal. That's at the end of the day. They wanted to be a family again, because even she goes, you know, she kills the spoilers. Oh, yeah. Spoilers, no, right? Yeah. We, yeah. So she she kills. She kills the mom violently, I might add, and which it, was a fucking heartbreaking scene. And too. it's a one, two, because it goes straight from the Zelda nightmare scene into her just being attacked and mm-hmm. little Ellie when she's angry she's scared there's some genuine like her uh, yeah I thought they were genuinely terrifying yeah it was she did great because because little Miko Hughes when he's going it's it's kind of it terrifying but kind of cute still adorable a little bit like her like a chihuahua with rabies but like <laughs> but like her she, she was just straight up scary the eye that's what it was and she did a few things where she would just turn ever so slightly and it was just so sinister mm-hmm. just just so precise again she did so well man working with kids and animals 
they got to be crazy in a film like this, but it works. But they pulled it off. It works amazingly. And this film totally redoes the ending here. The original one ends with um, him offing. <laughs> we're not laughing at, you know, the torture of kids by any means, but right. poor little, little Miko Hughes not does take fair. a good boonk. Takes Just a good little bump. <laughs> takes a good burns down the house, tries to bring back the wife. She comes back. We end with her stabbing him mm-hmm. you know, fade to black. This one, like we said, it's all in the family. Yeah. It's Ellie killing Rachel. Ellie dragging Rachel to Which, the Which, again, cemetery. very interesting. But then Rachel killing, mm-hmm. what is his name, is uh, Lewis. And then that haunting shot, haunting shot of them just walking towards the car. Yep. And then you hear that. I don't know. I don't know. Because if, go rewatch it again. Because if you go back and look at it, that intro shot it shows actually like stains going back to the house, like blood stains and everything. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I. I know that they. <laughs> it is Stephen King. I, I know why that would they, he get, I know that they killed the kid. I uh, mean, like, I, I know they killed the kid, and they're gonna bury in the pet cemetery. Well, I, I, I don't think they're gonna go into the house and burn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, they were burning down Judd's house, right? Uh, but yeah, okay. that was the. the when you... So there's the scene where, and it's, again, spoiled in the trailer, where he's like, hug your daughter. And she has that whole thing where mommy doesn't want me here. Mm-hmm. That's, that's okay. That's okay. I don't want her here either. And I was like, holy shit, you're scary. Because she was so cold. Yeah. So cold, so calculating, but she still had that like. Yeah. Do you think there was a longing, that, longing for family, though? Well, no, I think it's like, I think it's because. When she came back, she wasn't Ellie. Right. Right. And it was like, maybe if I kill them and bring her them back, they will be more like me and we will be a family again. Like kind of like almost not doppelgangers, eh? but like sure. now the dark side wants to bring the dark family members. And the only one left then after the end of the day is Gage. So like they want to be a family again because that was her goal. And I think that was maybe like, <laughs> again, if you. It comes down to the dealing with the grief. If you don't deal with it in the proper way, it's going to come and bite you in the ass. And that's what even, um, that's what that's what the that's what Lewis said to to uh, Rachel. Yeah. Like, hey, we she needs to know that there's dead. You know, there's death. You can't just hide everything. And then it even comes back to her when Ellie tells Rachel, like, you know, he's you're right. You're, there is something, but oh, you're wrong because oh, yeah. it's it's hell. Uh, yeah, by the way, it's hell, and and you're gonna see that very very soon. Oh. And then just twist the knife and like you notice she pulled a whole like uh, John Travolta from Face Off the stab and then twist. Uh huh. Oh mm-hmm. oh horrible. Um, there's a moment moment in the beginning of the movie where they're addressing the fact that we, I'm glad we got a chance to come out here because it, it, you you get a feeling that the marriage was in having some issues probably a lot of him working too much right the fact well, and then the, the fact that your daughter just got hit by a truck so like that's trauma. gotta be yeah but ultimately the fact that they wanted to be able to become a family again mm-hmm. where he's like I want to be able to tuck you in at night and then the tragedy hits so yeah I, I think it is kind of the secular nature of what it is to be family, of having belonging, of having similarities, if you will, but also of being the other. Yeah. And then just finding warmth in the others as it is. If family is as it is. Family is who it is. Family, what is it? You can't choose family. You can't choose your friends, but family is who you make it. Yep. Something that sounds Something about Something along right. those lines. Something along the lines. But you don't want to make it to the pet cemetery. Because, yeah. like, 
No. Whew. Man. <laughs> like I said, I was I was I was very happy. I was pleasantly surprised. With Pleas- it. Because here's the thing. Up into up until the twist happened, up until the when you see Ellie getting hit, it's pretty much om- almost like I said, almost like okay. We've it's, seen it in the for gimme what, what you got. The, what it's you hitting got? all the originals beats. Mm-hmm. And but then boom, it just goes off into its own thing. And I really appreciated it. And that's what I like about it. The fact that it did make it its own thing. Mm-hmm. It didn't repeat everything that we saw in the first one. It explored the same, kind of the same territory, but it did in a different way, mm-hmm. a different route. We got to the same ending. Because he's also like looking up the history of the uh, <laughs> of the pet cemetery because yeah. like we live in that age now. I mean, like if I heard about heard about a place that were, you know, hey, bring the dead back to life and you can have everything. Okay, cool. Let's see. There's a true. Oh, no. There's a know? true crime podcast for it out there in <laughs> that world somewhere. And I'm sure that's where they Mis- can get the mysteries of Maine or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you'll get your next Stephen King cameo guaranteed. And you mentioned you that, you know, it was a shame we didn't get him as a cameo there during the, um, the funeral scene. <laughs> right. Just to reprising his role. But also, thankfully, during the funeral scene, much like in the first one. Yeah. They admitted it some good choices because I didn't need to see another family fight in the funeral. Oh, Man. oh, that's still. <laughs> So awkward, and then just to see just the, the little hand come out of the out of the thing, it was almost like comical to the point where like that is too over the top. Yeah. I'm glad they I'm glad they toned that down. Yeah, that would have elicited a weird laugh in the theater on that one. Because at the um, theater, I was waiting for him to fucking start shit. Like you know, this is all your fault. You know, like ah. Well, actually, he get, he didn't speak to him at all in the mm-hmm. film. He just there were some a few glances. Mm-hmm. So I'm it's implied that there's they probably some like, sort of history. Yeah, but at the same time, yeah, thankfully, no. right. No, put up your dukes. Fisticuffs, my God, it was horrible. <laughs> um, no, this is one I think I'm glad that it's doing well, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to spark more probably remakes or adaptations of King's material. I kind of hope so. I think some can use an updating. What would you remake? Ooh, um, I wouldn't mind seeing a new stand. I well, So how would you do that, though? Because that just seems so epic. See, to me, that's something that would you know be best served, like Netflix or Shutter, or you know, along like the lines that could do a series. Yeah, yeah. that'd be dope. That'd be because dope. that seems like it it would lend itself. Because they originally did what was it? A, was it a TV mm-hmm. miniseries on a that TV one? TV miniseries. Yeah. Okay. I could, well, or maybe spread it out as like a, a you know, a, a, fuck it, remake the Langoliers. Now, the Langoliers, those are the little time sucker things, mm-hmm. right? The time eaters. Remake the Langoliers. That would be interesting. And there's those whole string, like, sometimes they come back. Uh-huh. Needful things I haven't watched in a while. Me neither, but I remember really fucking liking it. I really it. remember it. So I don't know if I'd want to remake that one or just watch it again. Right. <laughs> I, like, Maximum Overdrive. I just picked up the Vestron Blu-ray. Still... You know what? I you know what I could totally see if I could totally see a needful things catered to like our times for like nerds and shit. Oh, it'd be like a nerd it'd be like needful vintage stock. You know what I'm saying? Like just like That's pretty good. Like, oh, you really like this action figure? Go ahead. Mm. Here, you know, trade it in. Turns out the action figure like fucking kills you in the middle of the night or something. You can't turn that one to, you know, good. <laughs> right. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> I I don't know. I because I would kind of, I would probably want to go to like some of the his work that hasn't been adapted yet. Because mm-hmm. there's probably quite a few things. Oh yeah. Even within his like short stories, 
I don't know if any of them you can, you know, necessarily, you know, branch out into full length. Well, I guess they did with The Mist. That was originally one of the short stories. And mm-hmm. the black and uh, white version is just such a good adaptation. Oh. Again, another dark ending movie. And I think serves it better. It's, I liked this dark ending. I, I, I know that's going to sound like, uh, I, oh, that was horrible, you know. But I thought it worked great. It was dreadful. You were like... Oh, no. And like and I said, them putting the family back together, ultimately one way or the other, they're still going to be together. So that kind of resonates now a little bit more than I'm talking about it at this point. And again, seeing it a second time. But again, it does not orig- you know, no. erase the original. The original right. still exists. The book still exists. Exactly. But now we have multiple gateways for generations. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I guarantee you there were a few people in the theater that were see- that were seeing this film for the first time. That have never read the book. Yeah. There's probably people out there that are, who's he Stephen King, gentlemen? <laughs> I, well, you know, maybe not, but. Poss- <laughs> right? Well, even a younger generation, though. Oh, that's true. You know, that again. These kids today don't know their literary masters. Well, of course. I'm but, sure, like. Again, don't get off our lawn. We're not that old yet, <laughs> but. But no, I'm sure. But it's like I said, it's it's reverse engineering. It's, you know, um, you know, getting into just this wonderful world where anything can happen. Yeah. And it's and if you're young, and, and it's going to bad happen to you. It's <laughs> yeah. just, you know, it's if you're a kid in a king book, man, ugh, you're going to get fucked with. Life expectancy is low. <laughs> you better learn to deal with grief soon or it's going <sighs> to bite you right in the ass. Quite literally, cuz let's right? face it, when it manifests itself, <laughs> yeah. it's it's never good. It's never good. But that's mm-hmm. what I ultimately like about King is he gets to the meaning of what it is to be a human being and yeah. to be frail like a human being. Our psyches, our flesh, all of those things, man, we're, you know, we're impermanent. We're on a ticking timeline. Yeah. And that's what he addresses in all of his movies through whether it's, you know, our inner demons, whether the outer demons. That's why Stephen King, I think, still holds to this day. And I think that's why many years from now, they'll probably still be adapting this. Hell, who knows? This is 30 years ago. The original came out. We got a remake now. So in... God, that'll be 2029, 30, in 2049. Ooh. Do we get another Pet Cemetery remake? We get a Christine. Another Christine. But will it be a flying Flying car? car. It'll be a flying car. Will and it a- plays it plays songs from the 90s. It's like the last car that drives. Are you going to go my way? <laughs> I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. Well, it just kills people. I, if I'm still here, I'll probably go see Me it. Me too. <laughs> You know what? Even better, we'll have John Carpenter and his head in a bottle. <laughs> and Buck Flowers hologram, like fucking. Oh, we should oh be that lucky. Come on, break it down, goddamn it! No, <laughs> let's kick it. Well, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> many of the other younger masters at this point will have a chance to sink their teeth into King material. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, we love Starry Eyes. It's our first episode we ever did in Nightmare Junkhead. Yeah. We've been following their work. They did the segment in Holidays. Uh, they did a few of the episodes of the Scream series. So we love watching them. But ultimately, hopefully, other people out there will get their chance to really, in, you know, again, show what they can do with the material. I dug the shit out of it. You know, right after that twist, because it, it was not losing me, but I'm like, mm, okay, I'm setting up. I see where it goes. Let's see a punch. But once that twist and everything else happened, I well worth your time to see that movie, especially in the big screen. Yeah, I think it'll play well in the home viewing it later will, on down will. the line. But who to see like Zelda Rachel being twisted? You know, just like and oh. also good sound. Mm-hmm. Got to have that sound. Because- Ooh, and then that Achilles tendon kill was a nice, nice one. And again, they do a little misdirect for you on mm-hmm. that one. It's like, oh, you see him, you see a bed. Oh, here come. No, 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 nope. We're gonna yep. literally kick your expectations. Yep. But we we get that. And actually, 
I will say this. Her little slink through the stairwell to show up there. <laughs> scary. I, I, she's so good in this. Ellie <laughs> is frightening from like, she and is. even as a good little alive girl, she's, I'm going to put a spell on you. <laughs> she's, oh, I, I, she's to me, the, not the saving grace of this film, but she's the one that for me makes this one yeah. memorable mm-hmm. is the reason I wanted to see it again. I, and I'm glad I did. She and literally kills it. She does. She does. And I will say there's, we laughed about it, but there's a, not a blink and you'll miss it, but a like, sniffle. don't listen and you yeah. miss it. A little reference to Cujo uh-huh. that I didn't pick up the first time, but immediately did. And so did you. And we both giggled. I think we we're the only ones laughing because I think we both laughed loudly. We're like, ha ha, king, right? king me. Well, <laughs> and so like, well, all you heard was it. And there was a little St. Bernard and rabies. And it was Cujo. <laughs> And I was like, wait a minute, I didn't hear that the first time, you clever bastards. What if Cujo came from the Pet cemetery? Oh, forget Harry of the Hendersons, man. Mm-hmm. Cujo, that's, you know what, I guarantee you that's the way, or maybe it was the bat that came back, because when he was doing his research, did you know this, the first thing they talked about it was like the dead bull? A dead bull comes back like farmer, <laughs> bull thought was dead, like, farmers parading him down Main <laughs> Street, and then like, holy like shit. It was the bull of like a, a, a local celebrity? But that's the thing, Everybody in the town knew about this. Like it wasn't like uh, uh, Freddie, the the Betterman kid. You know, right? we still have that. No, still. we didn't have we didn't have any um, backstory about that. No, it was no, it was one of the but just a blurb. Yeah. But which, uh, but it was just like Teddy. Whoa. No, was it Teddy? Teddy? Shit. Yeah, it, it was like the yeah. uh, Vietnam vet blood burns house down. But other than that, it was just like you know, and dead dog comes back to life and blah 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 everything's good and so of course he's like oh that sounds like a good plan to me and notice they were on 664 something lane they were just like a property of way on being 666 i guess that would have been two on the nose potentially yep what was it called little god swamp it was something evil yeah so i was thinking maybe it's a mistranslation and it's like godless swamp you know or something there was a lot of cool it Things I, I saw, a lot of good ideas that were brought up. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Like that. I said, I would recommend seeing it again. I think you'll get a little bit more enjoyment from just get-go. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, from the get-go with the with the intro on this one. So we definitely recommend seeing this one. It's, like I said, it's it's not fun. No. It's not It's not, It's not. not the feel-good movie of the no. year, that's for sure. I, I followed this up with Shazam, which is actually the perfect palate cleanser for a movie like Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Because Shazam actually, and just real quick, it does feature some some monsters in the film, some Lovecraftian monsters, actually tentacles for tongues monsters. Sweet, squiggly so, diddly, <laughs> Shazamily diddly. Shazam- oh yuck, yuck! Uh, but no, uh, I highly recommend checking it out. You you could do no worse than that. And then also go back check out Starry Eyes uh-huh. if you have not seen it. Go back check out our che- oh, check out. Oh, let me not check out our first episode. I don't know. I'd like to think we've Fuck evolved. Fuck it, do it, do it. Check knows, out the whole entire back catalog. Go there check you. out and go check out the original Pet yeah. Cemetery. And of course, make sure buy go buy a book. Yeah, read a book. <laughs> <laughs> read a fucking book. <laughs> don't bully them, man. Don't bully them. I was talking to myself. Okay. <laughs> so again, we highly recommend this one. Now for next week. Uh, we're going to give you kind of a special treat. Uh, we're going to go back to the our commentary well here. Now, I'm not going to say what the film is, but it is very 
Easter-esque. Mm-hmm. And I will say, hey, little buddies, come gather around. This here's the very best eating in town. <laughs> so to truly uh, feast upon that one, tune in to next week. And until that time, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Oh,